3: 995 gold that's 833-995-gold 833-995-G-O-L-D welcome to today's edition of the clay travis and buck sexton show podcast
2: welcome back to the clay travis and buck sexton show this is buck with me clay Just had a nice chat with the minority uh, leader, Kevin McCarthy. If you want to hear what we got into there, remember you can always go to ClayandBuck.com. We've got uh, clips from the show there, and also subscribe to the Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show podcast. And uh, I've got to say, I wanted to bring us into a discussion here about the Department of Justice as a weapon of Democrat politics, which that always happens under Democrat administrations, and Merrick Garland, who is was supposed to be supreme court justice garland we all remember that and then the, then the seat was stolen if by stolen you mean the rules of the senate were used and democrats didn't get their way now garland is doj and he's executing on a very obvious policy on behalf of the democrats and we'll get into that in a second but i just clay as you were up uh perhaps eating a ham sandwich or whatever turkey
3: and cheese to be honest turkey every day cheese. during the show i have a turkey and cheese sandwich are
2: you a wonder bread guy by the way
3: you know i don't even know what type of bread we buy i don't know that i've bought bread in this house in the last decade um i i'm, I'm not the uh official uh official bread guy usually uh i've had a turkey and cheese sandwich for lunch for about 20 years in a row Wow.
2: Turkey so, and cheese is really the go-to. I, we don't, we don't really go-to. It up.
3: Go-to staple. Don't mess, mix it up very much. Chips, turkey and cheese, sometimes a Mountain Dew, sometimes a
2: fruit tea. Gotta get a little wild every now and then. Gotta, gotta, gotta get that blood sugar right where it needs to be to do this amazing radio show. I would also tell everybody, though, this is why as Clay was, uh, was, was hydrating and getting, a, getting a nibble, um, I saw this come across the, come across the screen. They're announcing, just in time for Mr. Mr. Travis's visit to NYC. They are announcing a mask policy. Now, they have not said what it will be, but the de Blasio mayor's office is going to be announcing a mask policy response next week, probably Monday or Tuesday, uh, right in time. For right for as for I land on Clay the ground play to be here. So basically, Clay, wherever you go in the country, they get a mask mandate in place. I
3: am the mask mandate super spreader because I went to L.A. just in time for L.A. to put the mask mandate on. And unfortunately, Buck, we said this was going to happen. Right. As soon as one major state uh, city did it, then it was going to spread. It seems like it's kind of spreading all over the state of California in many ways. And. As soon as one city does it, it's like everybody else has fear of missing out and it spreads rapidly. If you're just getting in your car, just starting your day with us, Washington, D.C. has now announced a mask mandate. So uh, I we, we said in the last hour or so, it's only a matter of time until New York City does it. And this is all a fundamental repudiation of what the CDC told us it was only two months ago that masks effectively ended everywhere. Now, before the end of July, masks are coming back in many parts of the country. And, and the rough thing about this, Buck, I think, schools are starting soon, right? Schools start back, for instance, my kids, public school kids, uh, they start back on Friday, so uh, eight days from now. We have mask mandates coming back in many different school districts. And with the fall, as everyone who has ever taken any sort of rudimentary glance at the data knows, viruses spread more in the fall and winter, so the mask mandate may not end many places until when? Like spring right. of next and year?
2: This, this is why the fact that they wouldn't stop with the airplane mask madness, the fact that there were still places in the country, even when it felt like we were out of this, I kept telling anybody who, was listen, who would listen until we repudiate Fauciism and force them to bend the knee and to admit that this was crap, it was a waste of time, it's just like a virus waiting on the side and existing at a lower level until it can come back, and that is what Fauciism is. But, you know, the Justice Department is doing stuff that while we're all sitting here worried about the lockdowns, the masks, and all the rest of it, or the possibility of lockdowns, the uh, the DOJ, courtesy of Attorney General Merrick Garland, has has put out a, a warning to states out there. I find this fascinating, that they shouldn't just assume, and this is, this is basically what Garland, as the Attorney General, is saying, that they can go back to whatever their voting rules were before the emergency situation of covid in 2020, that they'll still challenge things. So you can't just revert back and assume that the DOJ is going to be OK with that, that the new under an emergency rules shouldn't be thought of as really just for emergency. Now, that Democrats got a taste of mail in balloting in places that had never had it before. Now that they have experienced the. Obvious benefits for making it much harder to prove fraud, much harder to avoid fraud in an election. Clay, the DOJ is going to, uh, going to bring all these lawsuits. This is all part of the Biden administration narrative that if you believe in voter ID, if you believe that mail-in balloting or ballot harvesting is a problem, Jim Crow 2.0. This is the DOJ doing Biden's dirty work, which we all should have expected.
3: Thankfully, we have a big decision that came out of the Supreme Court in the last couple of months, the six to three uh, decision, which gave great deference to individual states as it pertains to election law. And so it is going to be nearly impossible for the Department of Justice to win these lawsuits. And I want to give credit to the state of Georgia, which has already had its new law challenged by the Department of Justice, because I believe in the state of Georgia's response to that lawsuit they asked why the Department of Justice was not filing suit against places like New York, Delaware, uh, Democratic states, which have much more restrictive voting policies than what exists in Georgia right now. And that is an impressive, I think, counterpunch. But also, the law ultimately is going to be on the side of these Republican states that are trying to strengthen the overall voting integrity of their elections. But in the meantime, it can be a political uh, card that's being played. Unfortunately, it's just uh, it's bound to fail. And I think the Department of Justice lawyers would know that, which is why these lawsuits being filed in any way are inherently a directly political move.
2: Right. This is about the narrative that the media will run with of Republicans suppressing minority votes, Republicans preventing um, you know, non-white voters from being able to cast their ballots, and that the DOJ is bringing the suits. Essentially, is used as you know data points evidence. one, two, and three yeah. about how awful the Republicans are. Now you're taking it from the perspective of look at what the actual legal outcome will be. In the meantime, it has to make its way through the court. The DOJ is putting out these memos and the talking points going into what will be quite a midterm election. Will be that. The Department of Justice has brought suit against the Jim Crow 2.0 laws of the GOP in Georgia. So we're here to tell people the truth, and we're here to tell people that these suits probably won't work, but it is a reminder, meaning that they, they won't actually win in the end, but it is a reminder that this DOJ, under Merrick Garland, who was supposed to be the fair-minded, moderate, remember when they wanted him on the Supreme Court in the Obama administration? This is, this is classic. Usage of the powers of the DOJ for a very partisan electoral agenda, and it won't work in the sense that they'll get everything they want. But it does provide ammunition to their side to continue on with this storyline that anything Republicans do to try to make voting. Oh, and by the way, they're—they're. They're, I mean, it's uh, in baseball, it's a brushback pitch, right? That's uh, what yes. you throw. They, they've yeah. thrown a few of those with these guidance documents about states doing audits the doj is like nice audit you got there be a shame if something happened to it you know we might have to come in there and, and and look at it in addition you know this is it's very transparent what they're doing they got a taste the democrats got a taste of changing the rules in 2020 on an emergency basis and now they're saying how dare you think that that was actually just on an emergency basis I
3: think it also reflects how little power Merrick Garland actually has in the Department of Justice. He's an old white guy. uh, And anytime time the the, the revolutionaries, the younger, probably more diverse underlings that are working in the Department of Justice bring this in front of him, he's afraid that he's going to end up on the chopping block, right? Oh, what do you know about voter fraud, old white guy? Like Merrick Garland is basically, just like Joe Biden, They are uh, doing the bidding of others. I legitimately question if Merrick Garland was looking at all this evidence that he would bring these lawsuits at all if he were his own client, right? Uh, If he were using his own legal acumen to make decisions about which cases to bring, and you know you're bringing a lawsuit that is bound to lose, it's really a show and sham lawsuit, and he has to know that. And he has to recognize it. And uh, it's evidence of how ridiculous the Jim Crow 2.0 narrative is in general. But you're right in that this will be used as evidence of all of that. I'm curious in 2022, Buck, like the storyline, how active is Trump going to be? Because if Trump's not active, Biden can't make Trump the story, right? 2022, Biden managed to get elected by making the entire election about Trump and COVID, right? 2022 is a referendum
2: on Joe Biden, whether he wants it to be or not, right? Well, I mean, it's a ways away, and that's why the insurrection narrative is so important for them to just keep on dropping that in there so they can convince everybody that what they're really facing is not a Republican Party that's better at governance and that everything that the Republicans said about Biden and his administration is, is coming true. That's what they really don't want people paying attention to. They want them to think. And when we say they, remember, we're fighting over, in all these elections at the national level, uh, well, obviously for the presidency, but even for important House and Senate seats, it comes down to a very small percentage of voters. So what may sound uh, repetitive and, and silly or useless or dishonest to a vast majority of people, on on our side or perhaps on the Democrat side uh, can actually be quite useful to convince people in the middle that the social cost of of casting a vote in a certain way is such that you don't you don't want to be in the wrong. side. you don't want to be an insurrectionist, Clay. You don't want to be one of those people. So forget about the economy and all these other things. And remember, Russia collusion was a giant lie and it didn't actually work from a legal perspective. But I would argue that Russia collusion was incredibly useful as a tool for Democrats against the previous administration, I actually don't think there's really a strong argument that one could make against that proposition, given the special counsel, the people sent to prison and the amount of time that I know the White House spent the Trump White House spent defending and strategizing and dealing with that big pile of malarkey, to put it mildly. Uh, we got Senator uh, Senator. Uh, Tuberville joining us here shortly to talk about everything going on in the Senate, the budget bill, and all the rest of it. So we're looking forward to having that chat with him. And, you know, in the meantime, I want you to know about Legacy Box. It's a super simple mail-in service to have all your videotapes, camcorders, film reels, and pictures digitally preserved on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. You know how your family's memories are trapped on old camcorder tapes or film reels? And, you know, they're just collecting dust. You probably I don't even have a CD player anymore. I don't have I don't have a VHS player. That's for sure. But I've got lots of electronic devices and I want to be able to enjoy these photos and share them. So that's why my family took old photos and video off of VHS tapes we had in storage. And Clay, we had old sporting events that my siblings and I played in school plays, concerts, recitals, things like that. Now we can just text it to each other, share it with each other and enjoy it.
3: Yeah, and look, you can get started future-proofing your memories today so you can gather the family around and begin the trip down memory lane. Here's what you need to do. Go to legacybox.com/buck to get an incredible 50% off your first order. Buy today to take advantage of this exclusive offer and get hooked up. Send in everything when you're ready. Go to legacybox.com/buck
0: Go to lifelock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at lifelock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Why are people still on the fence about
2: owning gold and silver? I just don't understand.
3: Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts?
2: You can look to precious metals for various reasons,
3: PureTalk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to PureTalk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone.
2: There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system.
3: Qualifying plans started just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. PureTalk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America – for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile.
2: The average-sized family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com buck and claim your eligibility for your free, brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com buck to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show we had mentioned before. I wanted I wanted us to actually get a chance to hear this all together when I said that they want mass mobilization. And this is Buck speaking mass mobilization of everybody out there using fear. If, if you want to get a sense of whether that's an exaggeration. Here we go, Clay. Here, here is the Senate majority leader telling people that unless we go forward with, oh, I don't know, the massive budget bill right now and the, all the green new job stuff and the green energy and all these things, the climate change nonsense that's being shoehorned into it. Uh, more people, I, you just hear Senator Schumer say it.
1: This is a unique opportunity. We are surrounded by evidence of the climate crisis, the fires out west, the heat waves, the floods. Everywhere you look, because of global warming, Things are getting worse and worse. And I tell my constituents in New York, COVID was horrible. But if we do nothing on climate, starting within a few short years from now, each year will be worse than COVID and each year will be worse than the previous year.
2: Senate Majority Leader here, Clay, saying that within a few, he didn't say within 50, he said within a few years. Yes. So we'll say, let's say within three or four years, unless we take dramatic action on climate, it will be worse every year than 600,000 dead Americans. And I mean, you know, again, this goes to my question. Is it possible for a Democrat to say something that's so stupid they're embarrassed? I wonder. No, and I think the larger question
3: is, is it possible for a party to be more captured by fear? Because that's really what this is about, is Democrats have recognized that their party is primarily an emotion-based party now. And look, emotion has always fueled politics. But remember, even back in the day, Benjamin Franklin said, passion rules and she rarely rules wisely. What we have seen is an unbelievable, through social media, I think, driven, emotion-based response to virtually everything. And so logic is no longer used to appeal to the American public by the Democratic Party. It is always... If you don't get a vaccine, you're going to die, even if the data doesn't reflect that. That's what they sell. Uh, If uh, America is not only racist, it's systemically racist. And if we don't address it, then America is a fundamentally broken place. You can't even be in the House of Representatives without wearing a mask, because if you don't wear a mask, you're going to kill one of the members grandma's Climate change is such an existential, you notice how that that word is used all the time now, existential threat to the country, that if we don't recognize it, then everybody's going to die, right? First of all, hate to spoil the fun here, but everybody's going to die no matter what. So far as I know, there has not yet been any political imperative that can encourage and enable us to live forever. So the end result of all of our stories is the same. What's different now is I don't really remember... Naked fear, as in you are going to die yourself, being the motivating premise of an entire presidential campaign like it was with Joe Biden.
2: Well, I, I and in some ways, it's even worse than that, because even if you would say a lot of conservatives do say, I'm not worried about me. You know, it's and then they then the next the follow up is, well, you'll kill somebody else by breathing. They, they've created a society now where yeah, right. it's not doesn't matter what risk you're willing to take yourself It's other people's over-anxious fears get to rule your life because the collectivist authoritarians demand it. That's a pretty scary place we're going to right now. No doubt. And what I've been saying for a long time,
3: Buck, is your fears shouldn't govern my freedoms. And I think it's a pretty significant and worthwhile phrase for a lot of people out there to adopt in their own lives. You know what also is a really significant... that everybody should be adopting in their own lives. How about low mortgage rates? They have never been lower in the history of our country just about than they are right now. You could save up to $1,000 a month. All it takes is 10 minutes to find out if it makes sense for you. How much difference could $12,000 a year make for you and your family? You would be crazy not to call this number right now and see how much you can save 800-777-8109. 800-777-8109. That's 800-777-8109. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing NMLS, MLS 334 Welcome back in. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us, rolling through the third hour Thursday edition. I am Clay Travis. He is Buck Sexton, and we are joined now by senator tommy tupperville from the great state of alabama senator appreciate you giving us some time i know it's been a crazy day and uh, days and weeks that are coming in the uh, senate we're going to get into the budget process and everything else here in a moment but first you coached at old miss you coached at auburn you also coached in the big 12 at texas tech what do you think about texas and oklahoma joining the sec i
4: think it's very interesting uh it uh Uh, Kind of surprised, but you know they—you know Texas would really want to be in. I was a little bit surprised Oklahoma, and we'll we'll still be surprised if they're able to pull out of Oklahoma without Oklahoma State. Uh, You know, it's it's hard to divide schools like that, Uh, but uh, sometimes the legislator gets involved, and sometimes it doesn't. But it will obviously enhance the SEC. Now, uh, it'll make it tougher. Uh, It will probably. Bring more TV money, which is what they're looking at with this NIL coming up and all the extra costs. So uh, I think it's good. I think I think it's good. I, I hate it for the Big 12. I coast at Texas Tech. They're gonna have to scramble to see what will happen. But uh, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure SEC has uh, done uh, taking schools. They might continue on, but we'll see what happens.
2: Senator, it's Buck here. I want to know what your sense is of how this process of the of the budget is moving along yesterday we said on the show there was that breaking news about bipartisan agreement but now we've got cinema saying she won't go along with a 3.5 trillion and and we don't even really know what's in this but what are you seeing and hearing and, and what should we be focused on in terms of what really feels to be like the only piece of the biden agenda from a legislative perspective that could still happen
4: Well, first of all, every American should know this is the reckless tax-and-spend agenda they have. I've never seen anything like it. Of course, I'm just a a normal American. It's only been up here six months, and uh, I'm shocked at what's going on on the other side and all the spending that they want, all the new programs they want to start. Uh, You know, when you start a program up here in Washington, D.C., they never go away. And um, they say, oh, it's going to be a year, two years, and they last forever. And uh, we're going to put more and more people on a paycheck – They don't want anybody to work. They want to continue to work towards socialism and Marxism. That's the direction they're headed. But I think you're seeing Sinema and Manchin uh, looking at the situation going, wait a minute. This is getting out of hand. I know that we've all voted together as Democrats in the past. Uh, I know Sinema's probably got a number in her head of what, what she wants to do and how far she wants to go. But, uh, and I know, I know, uh, Joe Manchin does, uh, I don't think they're on the same agenda. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there, but we got to have a true infrastructure bill, all the mess they got in this, this thing. I I've, I've looked at some of the things that they've been talking about. And and it, it it's number one, it's laughable of what they want to put in there. I, I, I just, I don't understand it, but they're not going to get three point five trillion. and that's not going to happen. Uh, it, they're, they're going to probably try to get at least half of that. And, uh, uh, we'll see what happens from there.
3: Senator, do you have, I, I just thought it was interesting, you said you've only been up there six months, and you mentioned Cinema and Manchin, who seem to be the most reasonable of the Democrats. Do you have any kind of relationship with either of those people at all? I mean, do you sit around and talk with them in any, in any way that would be sort of a collegial nature, or is it very exclusionary Republicans and Democrats in the Senate so far in your experience?
4: No, with 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 uh, probably about a dozen. You know, we sat down and talked, and, and uh, tell jokes, have fun. Uh, uh, you know, when, when we're off the floor and uh, the business is not going on, we've gone to parties together, uh, and, and we're quite cordial. Uh, but, uh, you know, that that's not a lot. And, uh, you know, there's a there's a group in the Democratic Party that's on the far, far left that, uh, of course, uh, I've not even talked to any of them. Uh, it's And I've been here six months. It's just the divide here is what has surprised me. More than anything, the divide, not just in between Republicans, Democrats, but also the divide really the, of, of what the Democrats are looking at uh, with two separate two or three separate groups. You know, the liberals, the 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 basically the the, the Marxists and communists uh, and, you know, the tax and spend folks. I mean, it's just uh, uh, I, I hope I hope we just wake up and understand what we're doing to the future of this country. And to the kids, our grandkids, so it's going to, have to pay for all this stuff.
3: Name, image, and likeness. I know you've been working on it. It's a big story. All fifty different states figuring out how to pay college kids. Different rules, different places. Is Congress going to pass a bill here? Should they?
4: I wish. I wish we would stay out of it. But it looks like uh, the federal government and the Commerce Committee is going to have to do something to make sure we balance this thing up. The NCAA can't. Can't seem to get the job done, uh, can't seem to do their job and get everybody to agree to one thing. But uh, I've talked to the Commerce Committee. I, of course, I've been in the business 40 years and know a little bit about it. And I've talked to the ranking member and the chairman, chair, uh, madam chair uh, of the committee. And we worked a little bit on it together. But the, what we have to have play is we have to have. Uh, Equality in terms of everybody doing it the same way. If you're gonna have a rule, and you're gonna compete for championships, everybody has to go by the same rules. And uh, this is a rule that uh, scares me. I think it's more of an experiment than anything. I think they're looking at this. And I was a coach for years that I wanted to give as much money to every player, man and woman, every sport as we possibly could. But uh, it's almost impossible. I mean, there might be a half a dozen to a dozen teams that can really afford the things that's coming down the pipe, but, uh, there's a lot of teams that can't. And I, you know, we can't ruin athletics in this country, especially high school and college. If we do that, that's one of the true things that we're holding on to where people learn discipline, they learn values, they learn how to work together. And we've got to be able to hold on to that. And when we get politics involved, you know, things start to disintegrate a little bit, but, uh, uh, you know, when you look at this going, my goodness, this is just an opportunity to do things that we couldn't do. We can, couldn't even come close to doing some of these things that they're allowed to do now.
2: Senator, pivoting back to politics for a second, are, are you concerned that given the inability, it seems, of the of the Biden White House to get their their agenda through uh, on, on Capitol Hill, that there may be some of the more extreme measures that have been talked about all along here, like, for example, getting rid of the filibuster so that then they could ram through the agenda. How confident should we be that the the handful of, or really just a couple of, Democrats that have been a bulwark against eliminating the filibuster will hold the line on that?
4: Yeah, I don't think that will ever happen. I don't, and again, talking to Manchin and Sinema, uh, invisible with them about what they believe about this country and about the process, both have, have said to me, you know, quite consistently that uh, uh, they want to keep the process. They do not want to cross that line and allow uh, the Senate to turn into the House where it's just a majority. And if we do that, uh, there's going to be some huge problems. There'll be some change back and forth. You know, sooner or later, the Republicans are going to get the football back. And uh, and if we break the, the uh, filibuster, then it's just going to be total chaos, you know, when the Republicans take over. And the American people don't deserve that. They they need they deserve less government, less decisions made up here. Uh, you know, we'd go home for about three months. It wouldn't hurt my feelings because it would save the American taxpayers money. And all we want to do up here is spend money. And that's not what we're up here for. We're up here to help. And we've done very little help with the pandemic, with the borders, with, with crime, all those things that are going on. That's what we should be talking about. That's what we should be working on. But we're worried about spending money. And uh, that's not what we need to do right now. Inflation is getting ready to hit us right between the eyes. It's already started, and it's going to get worse. There's no way we can stop it. you got your own pal out there spending $100, $100 billion a day or a week on the, all these treasury bills, and things are going to go sideways on us. And when it does, we're not, we're zero interest rates. Where well, we go from there? we got nowhere to go. Europe tried that, and it didn't work. And uh, we've got to be very careful with what we're doing. And uh inflation keeps going. We're all gonna be in trouble.
3: Last question for you, Senator. Uh, I want to know more anger in the state of Alabama when you were coaching college football or now that you're a politician. How would you compare the vibe uh, as those two different
4: jobs? well, there, there's there's a divide in in both of that in you know coaching college football, But at the end of the day, you know, you can look at each other and say, hey, you did the best for what you were supposed to be doing, your teams. Up here, it is two separate teams, and it's two separate Americas. I mean, we're, we're not fighting for the flag. We're not fighting for the anthem. We're not fighting for the Constitution up here. We're fighting each other on a different type of America, and that's not how this country is supposed to be. And we start dividing it. We continue to keep dividing it. You know where we're headed, and it's not going to be pretty. And uh, we have got to all come together, quit dividing each other, get away from this stuff that we're teaching in these schools to the kids. That's one reason I'm up here is because of education, because I've seen how we've downgraded 37th in the world in math. Now, that makes a lot of sense. The United States of America, China, number one, Uh, education is what put us here. And education is what's going to ruin us if we continue down this path of teaching kids something about division and about hate.
2: Senator. Thanks so much for joining us from the great state of Alabama. We appreciate it.
4: Thank you, guys.
2: You know, Clay, this morning it was uh, one little thing I had to look forward to. I, I had to rush because I was deep diving into the prep, and at least I had the plush, soft, amazing My <laughs> Towel to dry off with to get me ready for work because Mike Lindell's My Pillow doesn't just make the best pillows you've ever had, also, the best towels, sheets, the Geezy Dream sheets are on my bed right now. They're amazing, and you get the slippers too. I mean, you can literally wake up on your Giza dream sheets, towel off with your my towel, put on your my slippers, and you've got the best start to your day imaginable. And Clay, what's going on with the six piece towel set from Mike Lindell right now? It's an incredible deal right now. You get two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Usually that
3: retails for a hundred and almost ten dollars, but right now you get the entire set. For just $39.99 using the promo code Clay and Buck. Remember, all MyPillow products, 60 day money back guarantee. All you need to do right now to get this great special is go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener specials to get this insanely low price of $39.99 on the towel set. You get deep discounts on other MyPillow products as well. We've got them in the house. You need them in your house. All you have to do is enter the promo code Clay and Buck or call. for these great radio
2: specials. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have
3: we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts?
2: You can look to precious metals for various reasons.
3: PureTalk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to PureTalk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone.
2: There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system.
3: Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. PureTalk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America – for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile.
2: The average-sized family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com buck and claim your eligibility for your free, brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com buck to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Born from the tragedy of 9 11, the Tonta Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tonta Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiance who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tonta Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps gold star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join tunnel, the to towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month. to tunnel to towers at T two torg That's T the number two T dot org. Never forget nine 11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. Welcome, everybody, to the uh, closing minutes here of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. I'm Buck. He's Clay. Follow us on social media, please. I'm at facebook.com/slash Buck Sexton. Follow that page. I post there all the time. Clay is always lighting it up on Twitter. Occasionally, uh, being the guy who's the subject on Twitter, trending at Clay Travis. Follow him there. Remember to go to clayandbuck.com. That's our our site for the show with stories and all the rest that we've got going for you. And already we're excited to speak to you tomorrow. We're going to make sense of the madness right now with the masks and everything else. But we've been talking to you about the Olympic situation and the big story of the week from the Olympics had been, although there's another very good story we'll get into in a second here, kind of an uplifting, a happy story. But there was some back and forth over Simone Biles uh, stepping aside. Michael Phelps, who is is he the, the most decorated Olympian of all time, certainly... Close to that's it. Right? I
3: think the answer is yes. Yeah. I think that he has more medals than anybody in Olympics history. He I think that's weighed
2: right. in on the Simone Biles uh, withdrawing issue, and here's what he said:
4: "We're humans, right? We're human beings. Nobody is perfect. So yes, it is okay
3: to not be okay. It is okay to, do, to go through ups and downs and emotional roller coasters. Um, you know. But but I think the biggest thing is we all need to ask for help sometimes too when, when we go through those times. You know. For me, I can say personally, it was something that very challenging." It was hard for me
2: to ask for help. Um, I, I, I felt like I was carrying, as Simone said, the weight of the world on your shoulders. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's a tough situation. I, I got mixed feelings on this, Clay, because, uh, yeah, of course, you need help. Go get help. And there should be no stigma for anybody ever who wants to seek mental health, mental health assistance or counseling in any capacity. Right. You need help. Go get help. You, you know, the same way you'd if you had a broken leg. You got to go see someone to help you fix it. If you're having mental health issues, you got to go fix it. But does that mean we can't talk about world champion level athletes making decisions that affect the, themselves and their team? I mean, I, I, I've i got mixed feelings about some of the messaging on that. No, we
3: talked about it yesterday with Will Kane. I thought I had a good discussion. Encourage you to go check it out on the podcast if you didn't already. And obviously we've talked. There's been a big debate about Simone Biles. Uh, and her decision. And again, I, I thought Sean Merriman, who is, uh, used to be a guest, former linebacker, a defensive player for the San Diego Chargers back in the day, he said mental health is important, but so is, uh, so is being mentally tough, right? And so there's a balancing act there, uh, between both of those because the best champions in the world have to be both physically incredibly tough and also, insanely mentally tough in order to get champions and championships and continue to dominate. So the one thing I don't think we've talked enough about surrounding Simone Biles is how every one of her teammates with really no notice to speak of had to step up their game. And last night in Tokyo, early this morning in the United States, an American, uh, Suni Lee, cashed in, and won the all-round gold. She came in behind Simone Biles in the qualifying, and she's only 18 years old, and she absolutely dominated early this morning, for those of you who watched, and she now has become the women's all-round champion. So this is what you want to see in athletics, right? Someone steps down, Can the next man up or the next woman up elevate and take advantage of that opportunity? And you have to say, Sanisa Lee, Sonny Lee, absolutely dominated. And uh, she's only 18 years old. By the way, we talked to Tommy Tuberville just a second ago. Uh, War Eagle, indeed. This 18-year-old from Minnesota is scheduled to be a freshman at Auburn University this fall She may make a little bit of money, I would think, off name, image, and likeness. Now that she is the greatest Olympic gymnast in the world, gold medal winner, I think we need to give as many props as possible to her, more than we talked about Simone Biles. She stepped up and got it done when she got
2: the opportunity, props to her. And sometimes when the person who is the number one seed or the person who is expected to be, at the top of the podium steps aside or is injured or for whatever reason you know part of this becomes a story of someone else stepping in and that's that's what we're seeing here another obviously inc- i mean incredibly talented 18 years old and to be the all-around gold medal uh champion here for gymnastics so you know it's it's been an interesting week in that regard clay and and i think that people uh, can at least look at this and say that if you have been watching the olympics pretty closely this was, this was a storyline that may actually be one of the more memorable ones for some time to come. Uh, I'm very concerned about what's going to happen here with the libs completely losing their minds about masks all over again, Clay. So we're going to have to dive, it's deep not into going those, away. D- dive deep into those numbers and, and look at what's going to be. I mean, we've been pretty prophetic on this show. I'm just going to say it, say that it's going to get bad. It's going to get worse. But we're going to continue to hold the line here for the truth and make sure everyone knows that they're not alone by being sane. And that you can stand up against
3: these crazy mask mandates yourselves. That's what we all need. We appreciate all of you. Should be a fun show tomorrow on Friday. See you then.
1: You're listening to Clay
3: Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network.
1: more details it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win